deep within each of us, there is a yearning to awaken our inner mystic. In this podcast, we explore topics related to metaphysics, including the law of attraction, spiritual awakening, consciousness, and ascension. We invite you to join us on a journey of awakening the inner mystic in order to unleash magic and miracles in your life. Hi, welcome to the Mystic Mamas podcast. Today, we are going to be delving into part three of magic the language of the universe. We're going to be talking specifically about symbols again today, really diving deep into how symbols play out in our lives and how you can learn to decode them. Something that I find really interesting that is delving into this idea of symbolism has to do with dreams and analyzing dreams. And Heather, I'm going to defer to you because you are like the queen of that. (laughs) I love dream analysis. And again, it's another coaching tool that I learned in my Martha Beck program. And it's a Jungian way of analyzing dreams. Not that, I mean, some symbols are archetypal, like across the board. They're universal, Universal, yes. Mm -hmm. But most symbols are really personal to you. And so that's how... I analyze dreams for people. When a symbol comes up in a dream, like, can you give me an example of something that's come up for you recently? I'm trying oh, to- okay. I, I have a good one. Okay. Okay. So I had a dream where I somehow, somehow I found a hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very much like I just found it on the street. Like it didn't belong to anyone. And I was all excited. And then all of a sudden this lady comes up to me and she's like, oh, well, that's my money. And so she takes the $100 bill right out of my hands uh-huh. and she's like, what's well, mine? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So we, so in that little short dream, we could analyze a number of symbols. So it could be the lady, mm-hmm. it could be the money or the action of the money being taken away. Right. So in that dream, you could become the woman. You would have to become the consciousness of her. So, oh, you, you so I ha- take on the quality of her and kind of get into her shoes. Get into kind her of to shoes. See the symbol of her from her perspective. And the reason why you do that is because all the symbols in the dreams are you. And so getting into each one of those symbols, you're getting into different aspects of your unconscious. Mm -hmm. And what I would have people do is you have to get really relaxed because this is a really right brained exercise. Mm -hmm. And so you would have to become the symbol of the woman. I am the woman and my message for Irene is and whatever would come up and you come up with three adjectives. I'm the woman and I am greedy. I'm the woman and I am rude or just whatever adjectives come up. And then you come up with a message Mm -hmm. and the purpose and really get into what your unconscious is trying to tell you. Okay. It's just fascinating. I don't always sit down and do an in-depth analysis unless it's a really vivid dream, but I'll do it in my mind really quickly. Mm -hmm. If something brings up a lot of emotions and recurring dreams are really interesting. And recently I've connected the dots for one of my recurring dreams I waited tables in college for about eight years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it took me a while to get through college. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was on a seven-year program. Yeah, I think I was. I think I was. <laughs> and so I have recurring dreams of waiting tables. And we used to say in the weeds, when you're in the weeds, you're so overwhelmed, you don't even know what you need to do. So when I have those dreams about waiting tables, I have that in the weeds feeling like I can't remember people's orders. 
I can't remember which section I'm in and everyone's looking at me. They'll have like an angry expression on their face. Like you should be doing this. And I have no idea what I should be doing. I finally connected the dots. I had three of those dreams in a row. And when I have those dreams, it means that I'm overwhelmed. I've been having those dreams since I have waited tables, but I finally figured it out. I have them a lot when I'm overwhelmed. Mm. And so it's really, really interesting how your unconscious will speak to you that yeah. way. But you just have to pay attention and look for the patterns. And you will finally have your epiphany if you do look for the patterns. It's funny because when you do finally get to that point where you can analyze it and have that aha moment, it really unravels it it makes sense. And sometimes it's just not even an issue anymore. It's almost like your unconscious mind is screaming at you like, Hey, (laughs) I'm trying to talk to you. I'm talking to you over here. (laughs) (laughs) Like trying to get your attention and it's, you know, try to tell us something and it, it finally, it's like, okay, just wants me to listen and find and that's me. why you have those recurring dreams right it's like beating you over the yeah. head with it and like then, look here look here in some time not all cases but in some cases finally when you can make sense of it and you can understand why it's happening and you just bring your consciousness to it it'll go away you know it'll yeah. just unravel and it will no longer have that same charge on you so mm-hmm. it's interesting how that can be such a cathartic process being able to tap into those abilities to analyze dreams. So I highly recommend getting in touch with someone that can read dreams for you because it's just another pathway or modality to be able to look at those wounds and some of those belief systems and really getting into decoding symbols from the universe that are trying to get our attention. So in thinking about this topic of dreams... I found some really interesting things about Carl Jung and some great quotes. So let me start out with this quote from him that I found. I think it was really, really good. The dream is the small hidden door in the deepest and most intimate sanctum of the soul. So he found in working with his patients that dreams were a direct link into the deep psyche, Mm -hmm. into the soul. What he would do is analyze people's dreams and find those places that people were repressing in their deep unconscious because what they found is that the conscious mind takes in about 40 bits of information per second. The unconscious mind takes in 40 billion bits of information per second. The bits of information that we don't pick up with our conscious mind that comes out later in dreams and in our, from our unconscious. And there's also the stuff that we repress that we don't want to look at that goes into the shadowy unconscious. And those things come out through dreams. And a lot of people don't want to look at that stuff. But the thing about it is, even though we don't want to look at it, it still comes up. And that's what Jung found is when we repress those things, it still comes up through neuroses. And he found that people with neuroses, he could heal them through analyzing their dreams and having those images and thoughts that we've repressed or taken in and haven't fully processed. He could heal them through bringing those symbols up through the dream and heal people from lifelong neuroses mm-hmm. because you're, you are bringing that stuff up from your unconscious and processing it. And, and just by letting it see the light of day, sometimes that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. It's not really anything that needs to be very intense Mm -hmm. just by looking at it and having that aha moment, right? Then you can move on. 
Yeah. And, and that's kind of going back to what we were saying. It's the unraveling. So when you're able to, like you said, and when you shine a light on something, it can literally just make it so that it's no longer has a hold in, in your life. And I think that he understood the power of that because he he did do a lot of dream work research and, and analysis. Yeah. And this is how important it is. I was watching a video with him and some very old footage, but he was talking about how if you don't look at your unconscious in your psyche that what happens is, is the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. So you'll be consciously doing things, but subconsciously sabotaging yourself and things are going wrong and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's because you're, you haven't been looking at your unconscious beliefs that are really controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. So there's another quote that you found um, about his overall idea about the power and the significance of dreams. I, I love this quote. Can you oh, share it with yes. us? Yes, this is beautiful. We have forgotten the age old fact that God speaks chiefly through dreams and visions. I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Another point that I wanted to quickly talk about with dreams is just thinking back to some of the dreams that I have had in my life that have really stood out. I feel like sometimes dreams can not only um, bring up things from your subconscious, but also can take on a prophetic kind of flavor to them because I can remember one time I was a teenager and I remember I had this dream that in my room, I saw this woman standing there and it it appeared to be Mother Mary. And she had these bright red, like flaming eyes. And I, I immediately got scared. And I remember in my dream, leaving my room, going into my parents' bedroom and my telling my dad about it. My dad was like, okay, okay. You know, and so he in the dream, he started to open the door to my room where this woman was. And I immediately thought in my dream, no, don't go in there. Like there was this element of warning. And so analyzing the dream later, well, oh, and I forgot to mention that, (laughs) that like a week later, my dad ended up having this terrible fracture of his femur. He fell on some icy steps. Oh my goodness. And that, yeah. And that let, let pretty much left him incapacitated for like two years. I mean, he couldn't work. It, It was just really detrimental to our family. But I think that that dream was meant to warn us. Um, the red eyes, red is a symbol of stop. It's warning, right? And so, um, and I'm sure you could go into all the meanings of what Mother Mary meant to me and and again, the dark room and all that and him going into the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could take that apart completely, but obviously the overarching message was a warning to our family. I think everyone that I seem to have talked to has talked about how they've had some type of dream or another where they could kind of get almost a glimpse of the future or something of that nature. So, so yeah, I mean, not only are they meant to kind of tell us where blind spots are, but they're also meant to, in some cases, again, warn us about things or even prepare us for next phases of our lives. And again, it's that, just like you said in, in the saying, it's just the way that God is communicating to us or the universe or whatever word you want to use. Yeah. And I think that dreams come to us in three different capacities. So just like what you were saying, the universe or God, the divine speaks to us through dreams and also our own unconscious Mm -hmm. speaks to us through dreams. And also the collective unconscious Mm -hmm. speaks to us through dreams. And one more thing about dreams is that your dreams at night are all 
symbolism, and metaphor. But the thing about it is you can also apply the dream analysis to anything that shows up in your life. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say a woman is rude to you at Kroger, recent example, but (laughs) (laughs) you could analyze her in the same way because, you know, if you go with the philosophy, this is all an illusion and we're all one, she's showing up to you to mirror back to you a part of your consciousness that needs to be healed. The rude woman at Kroger, what's her message for me? What are the adjectives? Right. So you can apply it to your waking life too. And that's Mm. when it gets really interesting. Yeah. 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 It's just being able to sit down and making the time to do it. Because I think a lot of times when these things show up, we just kind of poo-poo it. But it's like, okay, I had this dream. It was terrible. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) And then we forget about it. So those morning pages or a dream journal is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Or once you learn the technique, I do it really quickly in my mind. While I'm doing the dishes or something kind of mindless, I'll just do that process really quickly and just get the insights if I don't have the time to sit down and do it. Right. And I know it's important. I'll just do it in my mind. Right. So what about tarot and oracle cards? Because I feel like that's another area that really has a lot of archetypical energy, don't you think? There's a lot of archetypes showing up in those kinds of images and those symbols. And I have plenty of oracle cards and I always have to decipher them using the description, but I know that tarot has its own energy. Yes. And in oracle cards, I feel like they're similar to tarot, but they are a little bit more predictive. But the tarot cards, they're meant to be archetypal. And I used to just use oracle cards and I avoided the tarot for a while because I was afraid of those negative images. So when you get that scary tower card where the towers on fire and things are falling out. It's just about getting rid of old baggage in your psyche. That's all it is. And the same thing with the death card. It would really scare me if that card would come up, but it's actually a good thing. It's actually getting rid of old baggage. It's about transformation and rebirth. So what if you get the tower and the death card and the the death card. (laughs) Because you know what? I kid you not. I remember you telling me one time, we just had this conversation at lunch one day. We were just having this conversation where you said, oh my God, the death card and the tower card. Oh my God. You know, and then I literally had a friend (laughs) read my cards and she did a three card spread and I got the death (laughs) tower card. I was like, okay, is this really happening? So, (laughs) but you know what? It's funny because after that transformational time, well, and it was right before this pandemic, which is interesting. And there's been a lot of transformation. And Uh I know there's this aspect of me that's died. These old beliefs that no longer serve me, those are all dying. And And boy, that can be hard to let go of. And your ego does not want to let go. It's just a grieving process of letting that stuff go. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so hard because you've held on for so long and it's kept you protected. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I wanted to mention is that when working with tarot cards, it's really important to have an understanding of what you're doing. Because, you know, like we were saying, you get this death card and it's like, oh my God, someone's going to die, you know, but, but there's always a deeper meaning. So you really have to get to know your tarot cards and do some research and possibly take some classes to really understand it. Because if you're just a novice, someone that's coming into it with, with no prior knowledge, 
it can be a very scary place because, you know, these symbols show up. And if you don't understand that there's multiple interpretations of symbols, then that can that can be very scary. And so, like, take, for example, the death card. Do you want to expand on kind of the meaning behind the death card, Heather? You know, we talked about how that showed up and that can be a death and a rebirth. But um, so let's talk about the death card. Yeah. So the death card and the symbology in the death card is really interesting. So you look at the card and here is the death card. He's wearing armor, which gives him invincibility. And then the white horse stands for purity as death purifies everyone. And then beneath him are all classes and the dirt signifying that death does not differentiate between class, race, or gender. I mean, death is mm-hmm. universal. The great equalizer. When you get the death card, um, people think that, oh my God, someone's going to die or I'm going to die. But it's actually one of the most positive cards in the deck. And another aspect of that too is the spirituality piece because it could be um, a death of possibly maybe the ego or aspects of your ego. And that's making room for a rebirth of something greater, you know, maybe rebirth of, of the spirit. You know, because it's interesting that death and birth actually are the same energy, just a different side of the coin. So whenever you have death, you're going to have birth. Mm -hmm. Um, It just goes hand in hand. It's just the cycle of life. When you look deeper at it, it could really be a positive omen because then there's always going to be a rebirth of some type. That's right. And there are many ways that tarot can help you. It's another way that the divine or your unconscious can communicate to you. So what it does is it gives you a glimpse into your energy right now. And, you know, that energy can change on a dime. Our energy is always changing all of the time. And so it's not ever set in stone. It can be a signpost. It can point the way that you can change. It can point out negative aspects in certain relationships. Mm-hmm. When the, you know, you put out all your cards and you notice, oh, I can see that this is a relationship between me and my husband mm-hmm. and it's not going well. So you've got the, whatever your husband represents, the Knight of Pentacles, say that's your representation of your husband and then a negative card afterwards. And so you can analyze that. So it's not always yeah. meant to be taken as a tool of what they call divination, which is basically fortune, fortune telling, telling, right? And and I don't think that was the intention mm-hmm. of tarot, I think the intention was, again, it's like one of the many languages that the universe uses to communicate with us. And and it does it once again, you know, going back to symbols. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's going to give us a story and a picture of something bigger that's going on where we can develop a better understanding of, okay, what are my obstacles? How do I move beyond them? What am I not seeing? Where are my blind spots? And it Mm. will do that because a lot of times we'll be like, well, I don't resonate with this. Well, maybe there's a reason you're not resonating with (laughs) it. It may be something that you don't want to look at quite yet. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) The last area we wanted to talk about today was Oracle cards. Now, for those of you who are familiar with tarot and oracle, you you know, you probably understand a little bit of the differences. Basically, oracle cards are kind of anything goes. It's um, whoever develops them will have a typically a set theme and will have multiple cards that symbolize different things. And s- some oracle cards are similar. You know, they follow kind of a similar pattern to tarot. 
But again, they are a little bit different in that you can just pull one card. You don't necessarily have to create this story. Um, They're just basically meant to be messages from the universe. And one of the things that I realize with um, Oracle cards is I feel like they make a great playground for decoding symbols. So if you're not really keen on being able to decode symbols, I think they are a fabulous way to play with it because literally you can just play with Oracle cards and kind of see what shows up and get into the practice with just going with your intuition to see what shows up. One thing that's important to remember about Oracle cards is that the message written on the cards that goes along with the image is not always meant to convey the same thing to different people. So, you know, there will always be that message, um, you know, it'll come with a little guidebook and in the guidebook, it'll say what this particular card is about. So let's say you pull... (laughs) a dragon, okay, in this particular deck. Well, it's important to always look at the image on the card to see how that speaks to you. And the best way to do that is to kind of get yourself into a place of centeredness. So maybe Mm -hmm. doing some deep breathing um, to get yourself grounded and centered, and then to be able to interpret that card the way that you understand those symbols, Yes. And to treat when you do your oracle cards or tarot cards, to treat it like a spiritual practice, maybe do a centering prayer, Mm -hmm. light some candles and treat it like a sacred practice and then invite your intuition in. And that will you'll get a lot more um, revelations. I agree that way. I agree because it's kind of like prayer. You know, you are asking the divine for guidance. Usually the way I do it, I do it very open-ended and I say, spirit, what message do you have for me today? Sometimes I'm guided to like one card from this deck, one card from that deck. And because each each deck has its own flavor and unique style. So, you know, for example, I have a spirit animal deck and that's always good for what aspects of different animals are wanting to show up in your life to guide you in this next part of your journey or even how to help you in the present moment. We thought we would do something fun today and we decided to pull a card for this podcast and and actually for our listening audience. And so what we're going to do is get centered for a moment and we're going to pull a card. So take a moment to get centered with some deep breathing. Okay, and we ask for our angels and our guides to come in and protect us as we ask for a message from the universe for the purpose of bringing a message forth to our to us and our listening audience and to see what shows up for today. So I'm going to pull a card from the Wisdom of Avalon deck because I feel like this was the deck that inspired us to actually start this podcast. So I'm Mixing my cards and all right. Oh, okay. This is interesting. So what's showing up and and for our YouTube audience, um, we're going to put this up on the screen right now. So what's showing up is um, the card called communication. So for our podcast listeners, basically it's, it's kind of an abstract vision, but I'm kind of seeing some trees in the background. I'm seeing kind of some brush, I'm seeing um, a big rock in the distance. 
So on the ground, I'm seeing this smaller rock that has a circle in it with a bunch of little concentric circles in the middle. And so I'm going to try to kind of analyze this card without using the guidebook, just to kind of what my first impression tells me. I think what I'm sensing from this card is, well, number one, it says communication and communication is exactly what this podcast is about. It's about communication from the universe. And there is this subtle nature to this little message on this rock that's on the ground for me is representing spirit or the universe communicates to us in a very subtle form. Unfortunately, we don't always get those big billboards in front of us that tell us what to do or which way to go. We're getting these little subtle signs. The concentric circles for me are representing when I see it, I, I, it reminds me of a target like if you're shooting arrows or a gun or whatever, and that these messages are right on target for what they want to communicate to us. So this is kind of my interpretation of the card. Now, again, I'm not going to get into reading it because again, it could have a totally different message, but I feel like for me, it's relating to this particular message that wants to be conveyed to everybody right now. When I look at this card, I the first thing I saw was you know, the card is, it's out in nature and there are some rocks. And I saw the concentric circles, but it's in the shape of the eye. And so what that means to me is, is that be on the lookout for those messages from the universe because they can pop up anywhere. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So as you can see, you know, we both had a slightly interpretation of it. And I think Both of those messages were very relevant to our discussion today and to this particular series about how the universe communicates with us. And so if you guys are interested in getting more information about how to analyze your dreams, I know Heather has her website information on our The Mystic Mamas website. So you guys can, she's got all her personal information on there. You can connect to her via email and she would be more than happy to do a session on dream analysis. I've done many sessions with her and it is truly groundbreaking. I mean, it's like profound the insights that I got from analyzing my dreams. I can't even describe how great it is. So um, yeah, so if you guys are interested in doing that, please again, check out her page on our website. And we would like to once again, thank you for being a part of our listening audience today. We love having you all listen. And we would love if you could like us on our YouTube channel and subscribe so you can get all the latest and greatest episodes. And please check us out on our website again, where we have all our episodes and um, you can just scroll through and and, um, listen to all our old ones that we put together. So thank you so much for joining us today. And next week we will be ending our series on magic and the way the universe communicates to us. So we can't wait to talk to you all next time. See you then. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.